What's going on, everybody? My name is More Milo. And I'm Ross Anarelli. And this is the 52 Podcast, 52 books, 52 weeks, making every single week count. Thank you guys so much for joining us this beautiful Monday. We are on episode 62. 62 books in 62 weeks. Gotta love it. Uh, this week, we have read a book by a guy named Haim Shapira, and it is called, what is it called? It's called Gladiators, Pirates, and Games of Trust. Uh, this book was not my favorite to begin with, but as I continued to read it, I kind of got it. Uh, it's all about probability. It's all about um, understanding psychology of people and basically putting people in different situations. But before we get into that, Rossi, do you want to talk about Quibi? You already know it. So anyone who's been following our podcast for the last year knows that we've followed a company called Quibi, almost like our little science experiment. Um, this company raised over $2 billion. They had some of the top A-list actors. They had some of the best producers, directors, everything from Hollywood. They had what you would think of as far as investing being the perfect storm. They were really a company trying to get subscription-based uh, systems across or a system, uh, an app across that was all verticalized when it came to content, more specifically movies. So they were short movies. Quibi stands for Quick Bites. And this was something we were really curious to see what would happen because, you know, what happens if you get the best when it comes to talent, when you have the best writers, actors, directors, um, and then you also have a lot of money funneling into something like this. And um, the long story short is, if you know anything about Quibi, it didn't work. Quibi just announced the other day that they will be shutting down. The experiment has now been deemed a failure. Um, and it's really interesting because, like I said, they really had everything that we thought could make it work. But we also felt like there was a strong disconnect between who was making it and who their audience was. I think they really underestimated their audience as far as, you know, what they're willing to pay for. Because they wanted to charge, you know, I think it was like $5 a month, which is cool. But, I mean, for a little bit more, someone's getting access to all of Netflix. And you can stream that on any TV, iPad, tablet, anything that you own. And that's going to be a lot better value than just looking at things just on your phone. And if you really think about it, what hurt Quibi was that verticalized video that got really exciting actually came from TikTok. People were able to make completely user-generated content, completely free, no advertisers, no nothing. And that's all it took to get millions and millions of views. It didn't take multi-million dollar budgets and scripts to be able to get people to hop on TikTok and get excited. So it is interesting to see that the experiment has finally come to an end. The company will be closing a lot of people made a lot of money, I'm sure, on that app. And a lot of people probably lost a lot of money on that app as well. But it just goes to show you, you know, good ideas are, are, are one thing. Execution is another. And don't always assume that just because you can raise money, you're going to be successful. I think people have this perception that, hey, if I raise a million dollars, two million dollars, in this case, two billion dollars, um, that there's no way it could ever fail. But it goes to show you that, you know, not all ideas are created equal. And this one, whether you want to say it was the idea itself or the execution or the marketing, the planning, whatever, it didn't work. So I think it's something to look at, almost like a case study. I'm sure that colleges will be doing case studies on this um, in the future because it really was a perfect storm that kind of went all downhill. 
So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have in Quibi. Like I said, Moore and I talked earlier this week about it, so he knew that starting up this podcast, this episode, I was ready to go. So, I don't know. What do you think, Moore? We've we've talked a lot about Quibi over the last year. (laughs) To be honest, it doesn't surprise me. Um, This is like... The perfect, like, we got white papers, and we have all the things put in place. Let's kind of roll with it and get a bunch of money together, and then it all falls apart. Um, I never really got the point of the deal, to be honest with you. I'm a person that I'd much rather sit down and watch a whole movie than watch 10 million short movies that just don't have the same level of, uh, of depth. So I personally just didn't, didn't like the idea. But, you know, listen, there's plenty of people on this planet, and I'm sure that there were plenty of people that were super excited about the idea. Um, But like you said, you know, not all ideas are are made equal. And just because you have the ability to fundraise and the ability to get a bunch of money behind you and the ability to have connections to get all the right people and and right pieces in place doesn't mean that it's actually going to work, doesn't mean that people are actually going to follow what you're up to. It doesn't mean that, like, what you're doing is really going to take the world to the next level, right? Like, there's so many technology companies out there, and unless you're doing something really disruptive and doing something that's actually going to benefit and value people, like, give people value, excuse me, you know, it's just, it's really tough to build a good tech startup. So, not surprised. Can't say I was, uh, I I am. Um, You know, I really, I had a feeling that something like this was going to happen. You know, kudos to whoever made a bunch of money. I'm sure that their founders were paying themselves big old checks every month, and I'm super stoked for them. And I'm sure that they'll move on to other things because they have the track record to do so. So don't feel bad for anybody. If anybody if anybody that I feel bad for, it's the people that put money into them and, and you know, walked home with a big fat zero. That's rough. But, uh, you know, part of the game, part of, uh, part of investing in companies, part of investing in technology. It's either going to work or it's not going to work, and you never know until, until you know. So really, really a, a crazy thing. But, you know, best of luck to, who, to, the, to the Quibi team. Um, I'm... It's an awesome experiment that they put together. It's a beautiful thing that they got an opportunity to work it and work it at a level that they got to, you know, and uh, it happens. What are you going to do? Life of, t- of technology, life of an entrepreneur, life of uh, a business owner. Sometimes things don't work out and you just, uh, you burn the ships, you go all the way through and, and you, you get stuck on the sword. But I'm sure that everybody will walk away and find a way to, to create something better out of it. So... Kudos to them yet again. I uh, can't say I was surprised uh, just because I wasn't a follower of what they were up to. I didn't think that it was the best idea in the world, but, you know, good for them. With that being said, you ready to get into the book? Let's do it. All right, rock and roll, guys. So this one, I, I don't know how much Ross is going to be able to talk on this because there's a lot of me. I don't know, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to talk on this, but I'm just going to kind of start off with my opinion. Um, the book at first was kind of just like a mathematician's book. It's a, it's a probability and statistics book. And I didn't really get it up front. And as I continue to read and as I continue to like dive into it and start making parallels in my life to, to the stories, then I started to kind of get it. And, um, it's not light. This book is, is definitely heavy in case study and heavy in, um, you know, math <laughs> to a certain extent and, and he did a, a really great job of not making it overly math saturated which was really great um, because for anyone that's not a mathematician getting into probabilities and getting into this type of stuff is really quite difficult because um, you have to like you have to put a personal and and like real world touch on it so other people can understand it and I think he did a really good job of that 
um, you know, after a while I started to get into it and started understanding these games and how they work. And uh, it was really a valuable read. I think that I can use it in sales. I think that I can use it in my personal relationships. I think that it allows me to see, you know, a different perspective because we all have different perspectives and, and, you know, of what's fair and what's not fair and what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and how statistics can be manipulated and all that sort of good stuff. So I thought it was a super valuable read. Um, in regards to speaking specifically on keynotes, um, in the book, it was tough, man. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of case studies. There's a lot of specific examples. There's a million stories. He has like 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 stories. I, I, can't, I couldn't even count. I couldn't even give you an estimate, but there's so many stories that, that are, that are used or, or sample scenarios or example scenarios to be able to describe you know, the gladiator and, the you know, the pirates and how they, they split the booty and how, you know, uh, the, the runway for the airfield and how that, you know, the, the fairness of the, the split in cost. And, and there's, and they're all really good examples. I mean, they really are. They're, they're quick, they're short, they're like 10 minute stories. Um, and they get the, the point across pretty well. Um, you know, he talked about chicken and playing, and playing a game of chicken and, and the probability behind chicken and the probability behind flipping a coin and, I don't know. There was it was it was a lot, um, but it was good. I think I learned. I think I learned a thing or two about about probability, um, and human psyche, and psychology. Um, and I think my biggest takeaways is that you know although you know what we think is fair works for us, it doesn't always fit everybody's um, everybody's opinion, right? So finding ways to to create scenarios that everyone else can be enrolled in what you believe is fair and also create a scenario where everybody gets to walk away happy. Um, that ideology, going from that perspective, learning and looking at the book from that perspective of how can I create a situation that's a win-win for everybody was really positive. Uh, what are your thoughts overall, Rossi? Because, this, uh, again, this is a really tough book to like nail down because it's a mathematician's book. It's a probability book. It's a book about percentages and, and statistics and how they lie and how, you know, we can manipulate things based on our psychology and all sorts of stuff like that. So I'm curious to know, like, what you really pulled out of the book, because it was really, it's really tough to put a finger on one specific thing or two specific things or, you know, any specific topic because there were so many stories. Yeah, I would say, and I think you, you hit the the, the nail on the head. I was the same way in this book. It, it started off as a little bit of a struggle and got easier as you kind of got into the flow of, of what they're talking about. Um, it was definitely probably one of the heavier books we've actually read um, because it's the nice thing was that it was broken up into a lot of little stories, so it made it easier to digest, but it was still a little difficult. I mean, the big thing I took away is, you know, how they, everything's really talking about numbers and probabilities and, you know, mine is always that, you know, numbers aren't always what they seem. You know what I mean? A lot of numbers can be misleading. And the way that you see something as a probability might be different than somebody else. And, and it leads into kind of an interesting scenario. But, you know, we see this a lot in life, um, whether you're watching the news or even like they do it a lot in sports where they love statistics and stuff. They will say certain things that may sound astounding. <laughs> Um, to, but it, it's all to try to tell a certain story. And I think we do that ourselves. I think we try to, obviously we are the authors of our own book. I think we take a lot of these scenarios and stuff and we try to break it up in a way that works obviously best for us. I mean, game theory really is about how 
can we maximize the benefit for ourselves essentially so you're playing this game against people and against life um, and it is a little a little bit of an interesting kind of dynamic um I don't know. Like I said, it, like you said, it is very hard to break this book down, I think. I think this is actually one of the harder books to talk about. But um, I will say, like, as an overall, it, it was a little difficult to start. But I actually think it's pretty cool. I thought it was an interesting take because this is different than a lot of the other books we've read. And that's kind of what I was hoping for when we chose this one. Um, we've had books before that have told little stories here and there. Um, this one obviously took it to a whole different level. But, I don't know, I, I thought it was rather interesting. I think it's a book that a lot of people should should give a try. Um, even if you are not a mathematical person, um, I think more can agree that it still was written in a way that made it easier to digest for the everyday person. And I think that's rather important. So, all in all, I honestly thought it was a pretty good book. It was not, you know, no lie, it was not one of my favorites. But it also wasn't one of the worst we've read. It really kind of floated right in the middle. It's a book that was good, but it's not super memorable. I don't think we're going to look back on this book after a while and be like, hey, that, that game theory book, that one knocked it out the park. I don't know. What do you think, Moore? Well, you know, listen, from my perspective, I think it was very valuable to see this way of thinking. You know, this this was basically if you took a probability course in college and you crammed it into a five-hour book, this is what it would be. Um, so you're getting a crash course in probability. You're getting a crash course in, like, understanding the numbers behind how human psychology works and how, how to negotiate and how, um, you know, different scenarios play out based on the human psyche and probability. So I think it was really valuable. I think it is something that I will actually probably use in the future. I don't think it'll be as powerful as like, you know, a pitch anything or, you know, way of the wolf or, you know, any of those things that, that I use on a day-to-day -day basis from a sales perspective. But looking at it from like a marketing perspective and understanding, you know, language and how to communicate with people and how to run a business and, and negotiate with other businesses or with your customers, you know, there's some great value there. Um, you know, it's again, we're not we're not numbers people, right? Like we're we're both actually in finance, but we're not uh, number crunchers from the perspective of you know, let's go figure out the probability of if if it makes sense to release this new drug to the market or something. You know, it, but to understand that side of things, right? Like that's a huge part of the world understanding probability uh, of certain circumstances, certain scenarios um, is very important. So I think it, it gave some good context to understand how people look at the numbers and how people look at probability and how people look at psychology within business, within life, within um, human relationships, within nature, you know, from, from a, um, you know, from the, from a, a nature perspective. I mean, it was it was very intriguing, um, and as we continue to mention up front, it was a little boring. We didn't know what we were getting into. Well, I think I think Ross knew a little bit more about what he was getting into than I did. Um, but as the book continued, I found myself being more and more interested in what the topics were and and kind of getting the point. Um, but all in all, I thought it was valuable. I mean, I hate to to short you know shut this podcast down early, but you know this is really what I'll say. If you are 
about personal development, if you're about growth, if you want to learn things about the world, if you want to understand the world in a new perspective and you're not a numbers guy, never spent time, you know, in a probabilities course or a statistics course or, you know, never did economics at a high level in college or something like that and you want to get a basic understanding or kind of a, like a, a crash course in probability and statistics when it comes to the world around us, this is a great book to read. Yeah, I agree. I like that. I definitely recommend it, but it, it, we just read so many other good books on this on this journey that I don't think it it hits in a lot of the same marks as what we're we're kind of used to. Um, but it was good. It was well written. I'll give that for sure. Um, I mean, with that, honestly, like you said, I feel bad that this one's a little bit shorter. But I think this one is a harder one to actually explain because. You know, whenever we have these books that, that are mostly storytelling books, it is very complicated to get into them because a lot is just gained from your own personal perspective on these stories. This one gives you a little bit more concrete kind of evidence to go along with it, so it makes it a little bit easier uh, when you're talking about comprehension. But it was different. It was, it was definitely different than the other books we read. I definitely am happy we read it. And um, like I said, I don't want to make it sound like this was a terrible book, because it was not. Um, it was pretty good, actually. But it was just one of those that, I don't know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it to completely click. I think you can hear that in my voice. I just couldn't, I couldn't, normally, like, at a certain point, you really kind of dive into these books full force. And this one was just felt like a little bit more of a struggle almost the whole way. It was still worthwhile, but it just didn't feel like an easy wave to ride, if that makes sense. I don't know. What do you think, more? Any any closing thoughts? Anything you can That's, think of that I'm, we might have missed? I'm really pretty complete, man. I mean, I think it was worth the read. I think that if you want to learn something about probability statistics, it's a great book. Um, definitely not one of the top books on our on our podcast. And I think with that, with that uneventful note, we can kind of bring this to a close and let you guys know that this is a good book to read, but it's not our top pick. So, with that being said, thank you guys so much for joining us on episode 62. My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Sanarelli. And this is the 52 Podcast. 52 books, 52 weeks, making every single week count. See you next week. Take care.